We believe that following Jesus is a journey, and we want to help you through that journey any way we can. You will never know how much I've missed our time together on Sunday morning. And we're doing the very best that we can. But I will tell you on Sunday mornings, the encouragement that I get from hearing you sing, the empower of God that I feel when we come together, we're doing the best we can. And I simply tell you this, we're praying for you and we would love to hear from you. Call us, email us, text us. I got some pictures today that I want to share with you because they're so encouraging to me. This is a friend of mine named Matt. He's in the Middle East. That uh, They have a Bible study in the town where they live, and they have 80 women that are learning about Jesus. These are Muslim women. They're hearing about Jesus because of what Matt and Aaron are doing there. They're seeing the love of Jesus as this food is delivered to them. And COVID-19, coronavirus, is absolutely terrible there. But because we are giving... The love of Jesus is being seen. Matt is a Christ follower and has absolutely transformed his life. In fact, Matt would prove what we read in Mark 1.17. Because in Mark 1.17, it says, come follow me. That's what Jesus told his followers to do, was to come follow him. And then he says, I will send you out to fish for people. And it says, they did it at once. You know, when Jesus called people, when Jesus called people to, 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 to be his disciples, he didn't tell them to learn a memory verse. He didn't tell them to have the theologically right answers. He didn't even tell them to come to church. He just said, follow me. And it absolutely changed them. That's what it's done to Matt. And that's what it did to two of Jesus' followers named Peter and John. Let's go to Acts 4.13. I, I want you to see this. It says, when they saw the courage of Peter and John, the, the people that were seeing that courage were the people that, that were, were questioning them. They were the people that were trying to tell them to stop speaking. But it says, when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and took note that these men had been with Jesus. It was clearly evident that they had followed Jesus because their lives had changed and they had a new power. As we're in this time uh, of COVID-19 coronavirus, there are so many of you right now that are struggling, some because of loss of jobs, some because of, of retirement going uh, completely crazy, some because you're worried about your children and grandchildren. And, and, and during this time, people have become desperate in so many ways. And what I want to do today is follow Jesus as he talks to a man who's desperate. And so that we can learn how we can also help people that are desperate. So the sermon in the sentence is, is a very simple thing. When we follow Jesus... We learn how to help people grow in desperate times. When we follow Jesus, we learn how to, to, to help people grow in desperate times. Two things I want you to learn today. Two things. Number one is I want you to learn how Jesus helps desperate people. And number two, I want you by following Jesus to begin to help desperate people by following him. 
And so we're going to jump in and mark the ninth chapter, starting in verse 14. Jesus and his disciples, specifically three of them, had just met with God and Elijah and Moses, and they're coming down off this mountain. And we'll pick up the story there. When they returned to the other disciples, they saw a large crowd surrounding them, and some teachers of religious law were arguing with them. When the crowd saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with awe, and they ran to greet him. What is all this arguing about, Jesus asked. Said they were overwhelmed with awe. Anytime you encounter Jesus, you'll be overcome with awe. This is the lesson I want you to learn right here, is simply that Jesus took time. He, he had just been with God. He's on a mission to save, save the world. And guess what? He has time for one man. And we're going to see that right now. And in doing, taking that time to stop, all he says there is, hey, I care about you. I love you. People matter to me. People matter to me. And, and there's this story in the New Testament of the Good Samaritan. And the Good, the Good Samaritan is a story uh, about a man who was robbed and beaten and left for dead. And two religious guys actually walk right on by because they were busy. The Samaritan came by and helped. But I think that sometimes is the picture of us as Christians. We're so busy, we don't have time to help. But our master, Jesus, took time. He took time. I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but it's a truth I want you to hear. And it's simply this, is when we say that we don't have time, we're really saying it's not important to me. When I tell my child I don't have any time for them, what I say to them is you're not important to me. When I say to God I don't have time to be in your word, what I'm actually saying is that's not important to me. And so what Jesus says in this story is simply you're important and I love you. Let's keep on reading because what we're going to see as we go here is some important parts. And so one of the men in the crowd spoke up, and this is why Jesus stopped. Teacher, I brought my son so you could heal him. He's possessed by an evil spirit that won't let him talk. And whenever the spirit seizes him, it throws him violently to the ground. Then he foams at the mouth and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. So I asked your disciples to cast out the evil spirit, but they couldn't do it. I want to stop right there. This is a man that is desperate. He wants his son to be healed. And boy, that is so important. And he's so desperate. But let's keep on reading. Jesus said to them, you faithless people, how long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. I don't think he's saying it in an angry way. I think he's saying it in a hurt way. So they brought the boy. But when the evil spirit saw Jesus, it threw the child into a violent convulsion and he fell to the ground, writhing and foaming at the mouth. How long has he been? How long has this been happening? Jesus asked the boy's father. He replied, since he was a little boy, the spirit often throws him into the fire or into the water, trying to kill him. Have mercy on us and help us if you can. What do you mean if I can, Jesus asked. Anything is possible if a person believes. The father instantly cried out, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. 
The second thing that I want us to learn today from this passage is that Jesus listened. Jesus listened. Now, Jesus engages this man. He hears what he says, but then he asks questions. And Jesus didn't need to know all the information about it. But that man needed to know that Jesus loved him and cared for him and that he was important to him. So they talked and they, they, they acted. Uh, a number of years ago, uh, in fact, the last century in another place, uh, in, in another church, there was a man who used to corner me every weekend on Sunday, and I just couldn't get away. I complained about it to my prayer partner. She's an older and wiser woman, and she asked me a question that really cut to my heart. She says, have you ever listened to him? I hadn't. She said, listen to him. It will make a difference. So the next Sunday when he came to me, I actually had prayed and asked God to help me listen. And as I listened to him, my attitude changed and his attitude changed. I will tell you, in this simple act of listening, there's power. I want you to understand about listening. Listening, listening is an attitude of the heart. It's not about our ears. It is an attitude of the heart. It is a genuine, genuine desire to be with another person which both attracts and heals. You see, when we want to be with somebody, when we want to listen, it changes them. I'm just simply saying there's power. There is power in opening our ears and shutting our mouths, and it shows we care. Let's keep on reading. When Jesus saw the crowd of onlookers was growing, he rebuked the evil spirit. Listen, you spirit that makes this boy unable to hear and speak. He said, I command you, come out of this child and never enter him again. Then the spirit screamed and threw the boy into another violent convulsion and left him. The boy appeared to be dead. A murmur ran through the crowd as people said, he's dead, he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and helped him to his feet, and he stood up. What I want you to learn here is that Jesus acted. Jesus acted. Now, I will tell you that the action didn't start here. Jesus acted by taking the time and stopping and by listening. But what Jesus does now is he uses his ability to bring healing and to and to help this man believe. So Jesus acted with the ability that he had. I, I will tell you that I believe so many times the action that we take in taking time and listening will bring comfort and peace and healing, but sometimes we have to go to a whole new level. And you may say, well, I don't have the power of Jesus, and I would disagree with you there, because in prayer, we release the power of God. But sometimes the action might be as simple as writing a note, sending a text, picking up the phone or calling, or an act of kindness that we can do in this time of social, social distancing. But, but I, I want you to understand that, that it wasn't all about this action of healing this young man, but Jesus was doing something greater. And we get a hint about that from James, the second chapter, and I want us to go there. What Jesus is really doing here is helping the people's faith. He says, suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well-fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? 
In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. What Jesus is doing here is simply building faith. Jesus built their faith, and how did he do it? He acted. He, he, he did what his ability was able to do. And, and, and it, it was all about building their faith. You remember what he said in, in Mark 9 and 19? He, he said, you faithless people. You faithless people. He wanted them to have more faith. And then in Mark 2, 9, 24, the, the, the man said, help me with my unbelief. And what does Jesus do? He acts. You think that crowd and that man had greater faith? when they saw that boy healed. In this time of the COVID-19, I I will simply say that as a church, what we want to do is take action and build people's faith. Last week, we fed the children of this community. And and, and that was simply by giving them bags of food because many of them don't have it at home. This week, we showed the love of Jesus to the hospital workers. And right now, while we're, we're filming this, we're getting ready to feed people in extreme need in this community. Why? Because we want to act in Jesus' name, but more than that, we want to build their faith. Let's keep on reading. There's one more thing that I want to see. It says, afterward, when Jesus was alone in the house with his disciples, they asked him, why couldn't we cast out that evil spirit? Jesus replied, this kind can be cast out only by prayer. Jesus shared the secret with them. Now, this isn't some secret sauce prayer. I I want you to understand that. It isn't a prayer that you say three times and and you're done. It's a life of prayer. It's like us connecting a hose to a faucet that allows the water to flow through. When you and I pray, we allow the power and blessing of God to flow through us. It's like plugging in a lamp. When we pray, we plug into the power source that lets the light go off in us that will show other people the way, but it's released in prayer. I want you to hear this. This is important. A life of prayer releases the power of God into our lives and the life of others. A life of prayer releases the power of God into our lives and the lives of others. We've just walked with Jesus and we see how he helped a desperate man. And and if we follow with him and we watch, we can do the same thing. I want you to see how Jesus helped these desperate people. This is how he does it. He, 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 he first, he just stops and takes time. And then he listened. And, 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 and I want to stop right here. This week I was on the phone. I'm calling some people just to check on him. I called on a lady and I said, how are you doing? She said, well, I'm doing better now. And I said, tell me about it. And she says, earlier this week, I was getting desperate. I was feeling lonely. I was feeling isolated. And she said, I sat in my, in my chair and I cried out to God with tears and I asked him to help me. And she said, I got up to go to the kitchen and my phone rang. She said, my phone rang and it was, it was one of your staff members that was calling just to check on me. And at that moment, I knew what was happening God himself had stopped and taken time and listened. And then he acted to take the message to her. And I guarantee you her faith was built. And all of this was about prayer. 
All of this was birthed in prayer. So I, I want you to understand, this is simply how we help people in this season. We take time. We take time, maybe just to make a phone call, but, but what we want to do ultimately is listen. We just take a few minutes to, to do that. We act when we can, and, and, and that may be doing an act of kindness, and then what we're going to do in that is build faith, but all of that has to be ground in prayer. Folks, the sermon in the sentence says this, when we follow Jesus... We learn how to help his people grow in desperate times. I would say we learn how to grow, help people grow through desperate times. That's our job. Walk with Jesus, and then we will be fisher of men. There's one verse I want to share with you as we wrap up. It's simply this. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. God is our, our refuge and strength. You could change Jesus because they're one and the same. And, and when you put Jesus in there, then, then we begin to think about us because we are the body of Christ. And I would tell you what is so true in this season is that we are going to be refuge and strength for this community and for our friends and our family. And we will be an ever-present help in times of trouble if we are following Jesus. That's the key. Come follow Jesus, and he will use you. Let's pray. High King of heaven, I come right now on behalf of our folks that are lonely and struggling. Father, I pray that we can be the hands and feet of Jesus that will take the comfort and peace to them. Father, I pray that you would open our eyes as to how we can help people. I pray that, that as a church, you would give us the strength and the resources that we might absolutely help people to get through this time. Father, I thank you for what you have done and for what you will do. And I pray that we will be a people that walk with you and will be used by you. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. You can keep up with what's happening at Northridge on your mobile device through our Northridge Christian app. If you have any questions about Northridge, you can contact us at info at